the first half of Game of Thrones Season 6 is over, but we're just getting started with our Game of Thrones halftime show. And now, here are the two guys who are going to hold the door open for possibilities of the second half of Game of Thrones Season 6. That was a stretch, right, Josh? It was a stretch. It was the that reach. Was you know what? <laughs> it was the reach. It was, it was the, the reach. reach. I didn't have anything. You didn't have honest. anything. You're pretty good most of the time. It's yeah. like you're going to whiff every once in a while. Yeah, we just wanted to get started because we're so excited because we're actually we're still here in Reno. Still here. River at, run it up, Reno. River run it up, Reno. Yeah. <laughs> and we are ready to go. And we have a great guest here, the man who put run it up together. The great Jason Somerville. That's House, right. House Somerville. Lord Somerville. Lord yes. Somerville. Yeah. I, I am so glad to be a part of this. This is my first podcast with Josh Wiggler. So I have is to true? say. This is our first one? This is our first one together, I have to say. And I am incredibly excited. As I've said to you face-to-face off uh, audio. You're my, you're, you can say it on the record. I'm going like to say it here. Know. You are my favorite yeah. podcaster. I am sorry. And you're saying this in front of Rob. In front of Rob, this too. Makes, this makes I, me happy. Rob is my second Ouch. favorite, yeah. but it's very close. No, but this is great. I love good. it. High this five. is awesome. High five, Josh Wiggler. Okay. Did you guys hear the high five? It wasn't a loud high five. It but wasn't it happened, a loud high five. That's it true. I feel very vindicated. Right I want to say I do love Rob, of course, as well. Without Rob, I would never have found you. Yeah, that's so, probably true. I was go. alone up until this. Like I, and I mean, like by myself, completely without people. No one. <laughs> and so Rob found me, and I finally had human interaction. There you go. And it took, it took just, a long just while. a blind orphan on the streets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just one Begging. wandering. Yeah, <laughs> and you, like the waif, came along and just beat me up with a stick, with and a here stick. we are. And now so here you are, trained in podcasting ways. Yes, it's great. That's there right. you are. All right, so. We are here at Jason's event here in Reno. Uh, could you tell people what Run It Up is? Yeah, so Run It Up is a show that I started a few years ago on YouTube, and it was just a bankroll challenge for poker. I just started with 50 bucks, tried to turn it into $10,000, showing every single session on uh, YouTube, and eventually moved to Twitch, a live streaming platform that you guys may have heard of, usually for video games, but I was the first poker streamer there. We started about a year and a half ago, and it's been just incredibly insane. People from all around the world watch. We have hundreds of thousands of people watch every single month. It's really crazy how, how insane it's become. We just had 32,000 viewers for a final table run that I just made. Mm-hmm. And so this event here is just a culmination of a, a season of streams. We have people here from Germany and the Netherlands and all across the U.S. and Canada uh, to hang out here in Reno. And it's really been amazing. It's and like I'm, coming from Carth to <laughs> Reno. It's like going from Carth to Old Town. It's a very, it's a very long it's a journey. Yeah. It's a schlep. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. All right. Well, you're doing uh, fantastic. I'm sure that the people who know who you are are like, duh. And just for a couple of people that might that might not know yeah. how you're taking the world by storm's end uh, is really uh, doing doing a fantastic job. Yeah, you like that one? That I like that. That was good. That, that was not the reach. That I was, love that it. was on. That was okay. great. So. You are a, uh, a big fan of The Thrones. Yes, obviously. I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones to the point that actually when I discovered that you guys were doing recaps, I actually went back to listen to old recaps you guys had done of previous seasons once I discovered it. But I've been listening to your recaps for uh, probably since season three, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's where we started. Uh, yeah, so I went back to the beginning of season three. I think I caught it about the middle of season three and uh, have loved Game of Thrones since the beginning. I've been a huge fan of so many shows, Lost, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead. Uh, you know, I-, I love all the TV shows basically that everyone really should love as a television fan game of thrones has to be the best show on tv right now rob was saying earlier can i say this is sure. this something you're comfortable with go for it we were we were out we were having a couple of drinks earlier and rob threw it out there by the way it's 4 p.m i know <laughs> <laughs> currently it's nine in the morning uh that's what happens here at river running up reno rob yeah. threw it out there that game of thrones you could make the argument is the greatest show of all time yeah you could definitely argue that 
I think that when it's said and done, especially like, you know, I think that's a harder case now, but I think it has the opportunity that two years from now, when this show is over, I think when we take a look at the scope and the size of this show, the behemoth that is this show with all of these different locations. I mean, when we compare it to things that have been on TV in the past, I mean, this would be impressive as a movie. You said it's like Lord of the Rings. Every week. Every, every week. Every week. Yeah. And so for it to function on, you know, does it compare favorably with, say, the best written TV show of all time? I don't, I mean, probably if you were just comparing storytelling, but when, yeah. we t- but we have like, we have to account for the effects, the just the, the, um, Production design. Production design. Everything that goes into this. Oh, my God. The costume design. The set creation. I mean, oh, my God. The scope of the show is insane. I mean, there's very few things that are even in this league. I mean, if you want to say The Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead does a great job with sort of the practicals and the the zombie. But, I mean, in terms of, like, bringing dragons to life and the White Walkers. In realistic ways, it's not, like, corny or cheesy at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be the best in that regard. No, and not to knock Walking Dead. I mean, I've been kicking Walking Dead while it's down. No, I'm just saying. (laughs) No, sure, but I think it also, to take it back to what you were saying about story, if you're talking about the best written shows of all time, I think you're talking The Wire, you're talking Breaking Bad, you're talking Sopranos. But then you look at all of these things that you're bringing up about Game of Thrones, and look at the story, right. which is also very, 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 very tight and strong. They've done so many unique things in Game of Thrones as as far as like viewership twists. You know, yeah. I never read the books when I when I started watching it. So you know, Ned Stark season one. I mean, that sets the tone. That's yeah. like, what are we watching here? Like, what could happen? Right. Like, you know, I, every single week. I mean, it's just always something interesting, and uh, it's been amazing to watch for sure. And this Hodor moment was like that for me, right? Because I've read the books. I've read the books before I started watching the show. Every major death, every major bullet fired has been something that I've seen coming. Yeah. And then they killed Hodor. Uh, they killed Hodor this week. Spoilers if you didn't watch this week, but by now you should have seen it. Yeah. What are you listening to? Get out of here. Podcast for. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Like for me, that was that was that moment. And it's kind of impressive and kind of crazy that six seasons in with all of what they had established in that direction, that they could kill Sean Bean uh, in the first season and not even in the finale, that they can kill um, Rob and Catelyn the way that they did, just cutting a swath of a story completely off at the the knees in the third season, Um, that they can still have that level of shock for people who have seen that coming because we've experienced the show, but also people who have been engaging this story since before the show came along. That really threw me off. I'd never... I, I thought that I was coming into this season thing that like nothing could really surprise me anymore about Game of Thrones, but the Hodor thing. If Jon really Snow was dead, that would have surprised you. That uh, would have surprised me in, in a bad way. Yeah, that would have been a bad surprise. They just bury him and leave him and just ghost goes on to wild. wild yeah, that would have been dis- disappointing to me. But the way that they did this with Hodor this week, I, I have um, an appreciation for Game of Thrones right now uh, that I haven't had in a very long time, if ever. So I don't know if I, I have to give that a bit of a think, that comment that you made, but I think it's worth talking about. I think that I think it's absolutely yeah. in the discussion. Well, let's not get too sure. in the weeds on that. I just think it's an interesting uh, because a, a friend of ours uh, did not rank it that highly in his Antonio <laughs> all time TV show. Wow, uh, but I, th- I I think shade it, yeah it nightshade. Might, I just think that probably uh, it, it's it's a bigger conversation. Okay, so we said that this is going to be the halftime show, talking about where we are halfway through. I can't believe that it's been. 
And I feel like it's just started. Goes fast. I Goes mean, so it's, fast. it's crazy to think in five weeks it'll be done and then no more for a year. And then we're going to be getting into shortened seasons and stuff right. like that. Right. Two so, abbreviated seasons after this, right? So that's the word. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. So where do you want to start this discussion, Josh? Well, no, I think that, you know, we have moved fast. Uh, we are we are five episodes into a 10 episode season. We are halfway through. This was a season that I think probably the most awaited season of Game of Thrones um, ever. Jon Snow sure. dies in the season five finale. Yeah. Most people believe that he will come back to life that, you know, the Jon Snow truthers are proven <laughs> to be correct in the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that there were a lot of eyeballs on this season. It is not just that. It's the fact that we're going into mostly uncharted territory here where there are, you know, there's still some book stuff out there and some of that's playing out maybe even more than I expected it to. But the major things, Hodor dying, Danny, how she's going to unravel the Dothraki situation. A lot mm. of these major stories, news to me, news to anyone who had the, the leg up before. So I think there was a lot of heat coming into season six. I think it's worth taking stock. We're halfway through this season. Has it been worth the heat? And I was thinking before, like, what do I really have to complain about this season so far? Short list. I don't even know what's on there. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely great. You know, one of the things you guys had talked about a few weeks ago was that I think Rob, you had said, "Is there a chance we never see two Starks together on screen?" And Josh was like, "We're in the end game. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. happen now. It's got to happen soon." Mm-hmm. And it happened like a week later. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. kind of amazing. I thought yeah. I, this season's been great. I think there have been so many storylines that have been almost like fulfilling after like seasons and seasons of like so close but not quite. Like when Arya just gets just almost gets to reunite with her family and then nope denied. Right. Last minute, like there have been so much of that all this time. We finally are getting these things coming together. Like for me, that Brienne and uh, Sansa, Sansa moment was amazing. Yeah. Like that was finally those those characters coming together was was a very I powerful thing. I thought you were going to say Brienne and Tormund. I was like, <laughs> all right, sweet. We yes. got another one. We got what's, another shipper. What's the combination word we're using we're, for that? I've been going with Giants Brienne. Giants Brienne. I think the internet went another way, but I don't know what they did. Yeah, yeah. We're rooting for that love yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. please. Lo- true love can happen. Game <laughs> can. of Thrones. So we've talked about the good. I mean, do you want to act like it's Festivus and just have an airing of the grievances? No, I, I, I think start with the positive. No, I think what would be what would be fun is to kind of talk through the stories, to okay. talk yeah. through the different plot lines. If there's anything that Road to Westeros style, yeah, let's do Road to Westeros style. Let's do this geographically. Let's start. I mean, I, I think that you have to start in the north. Jason, curious for your take on this. We talked about how. We talked about it. I mean, I don't think that we ultimately said that the North is the new King's Landing. Where <laughs> King's Landing was, you know, it was the hub of everything. It was the most exciting Cassandra. stuff on the show. It was the Cassandra of the show. Uh, <laughs> but the North, the stories in the North have been the most riveting this season for my money. Sure, sure. Um, but I would have thought that it would have been the Jon Snow stuff would have been the most riveting stuff. Uh, yeah. I feel like the things that are going on with Bran... That's the highlight of the show for me right now. Oh, I mean, listen, as a huge Lost fan, all the stuff they're doing with the the being able to look back into time and somehow impact time in some way, that's awesome to me. Like, I I love all that stuff. You know, Desmond was my favorite character on Lost. So yeah. all the stuff going on here is absolutely amazing. And also, like, I feel like we have no, uh, for me at least, as no one who hasn't read the books at all, I'm always like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Like, the Tower of Joy moment, which I've learned about from listening to you guys, right. like, that was something that I had really no idea about as, as it was unfolding. So, yeah, I mean, we're learning about the past and the future, and, you know, it's ama- really amazing to watch. So I agree with you. I think the North is the new King's Landing. King's Landing is actually kind of boring, yeah. I feel like. And if there is one grievance, I would say it's in King's Landing, yeah. which we can maybe talk we'll about later there. on. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's put that off as long as we can. Yeah, that's got to be the worst storyline, I think. But everything else is great. But it is fun because, you know, we, we started when we started doing Game of Thrones podcasting, we did a, a season three catch-up podcast, and then we started live with season four, and we did 
our first Throner Awards at the end of season four, and the brand story had ended, and it had been out. That brand's brand story was going to sit out of season five completely. Like it wasn't going to be on there. I got that spoiler for me, by the way, by Facebook. Trending stories on Facebook Classic told me Facebook move. Brand was not going to be on season five, Can't. and I was very sad. To Social see that. media has no chill with regards <laughs> to Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, but no one seemed to care at the time. I remember, you know, like no one seemed to mind yeah. that we weren't going to see Bran or Hodor or anybody or Rickon. Rickon. Nah, who yeah. cares? About <laughs> um, like, come on, uh, he's or Rickon. He's Stark in peril. Too. He's a he's a plot device right now, and it's compelling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I think that no one really cared about the brand story. And suddenly here we are. I mean, I think that we care a lot. I think we care a great deal. Well, certainly we want to see how this is going to play out this week in terms of like, what are they going to do with him? And obviously he holds the key. They gave him this ability in terms of being able to go to different points in Westerosi history. And it does feel like that he has much bigger stakes in terms of how this is all going to play out than we ever probably realized i mean did you feel like that from the books you felt like that he that he was going to have uh this that do they cover that in the final yeah i mean i think that i always thought that he was going to be a big time player uh because the types of powers that he is exhibiting that's unusual and this is a story with dragons and ice zombies and all of that but this is a guy who is um, you know, he's being summoned by this mystical raven from, right, you know, right. across a great distance. And I think that it, it's written in a very compelling way and pacing wise. I think it works better in a book. But for TV, it's hard to pace that out, especially with where we got him, you know, at the end of season four and where we pick up with him in season six. Having all of the stuff that he's going through right now, all of the material he's experiencing right now in season five, that pushes the I mean, that's why we're in the end game is because where we are with Bran and his power level is so powerful that the type, of, the type of things that he is able to experience and see and go into the past, that's where you're going to get all of your major, major reveals or many of your major reveals. This is how we found out how White Walkers are made. Right. And once you start going in that direction, I think that the story has to start wrapping up a little bit. Otherwise, you're really just spinning your wheels. Let me ask you, uh, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but do you think Bran is going to be able just to use his powers at any time now because we've only been able to see him do that when he was touching the the tree branch right with the three-eyed raven i think now he's just able to do that on his own independently yeah i think it would really suck if suddenly he couldn't do it at all anymore because i I think that we're really used to his now like with his story this season we're really used to seeing him trip back down the rabbit hole and go see cool things in the past sure and if that is completely taken away from us now i think that's going to be disappointing especially when we saw the ramifications of what he can do when he's back there, maybe it's going to require him like plugging into another outlet. Like maybe he needs <laughs> yeah, to find yeah. another yeah, yeah, internet to, connection somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A Weirwood USB drive or something <laughs> like he needs to go plug in and recharge. Yeah. Maybe that. Um, but I'd be really shocked if we never see any of this time travel stuff that's happening. Cause it was such a big deal. Let me, let me ask you a couple more brand questions here. So when the, what's the name is like the King, what's the name of the boss end of the white walkers? Oh, the night King, the yeah. night King. So when Final he, boss. when he branded, yeah, the end boss, yeah. when he branded brand, you think, is that for a life? Can you like wash that off with some like snow? I mean, is that just on forever? Like, so this is, this is interesting. I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the feedback mm-hmm. show this week of, now, like, that was what got the Night King to come to the tree. Right. Yeah. 
now that he has his, you assume that if Bran is somehow able to survive, you know, this horde of he has his fingerprint, him. and now they can tell which person it was, right? Yeah. And they can trace the lineage back to see if he was a Stark. Oh, that's how it's, they're going to be. It's like going to be CSI Westeros. Yeah, for the fingerprint. Yeah, that's pretty smart. That's good. I hadn't thought about that. <gasps> right, uh, yes. because they have all the statues right. in the crypt at Winterfell. Oh, so he's just wow. like going to put his forearm up to all the up hands. To all, it's like, are you my dad? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think wow. that. I don't think that. <laughs> but I think that, you know, he was pretty a- sure that's how it's going to go. The fact that he's able to, like, find him in the tree because he, he touches him and he consents him now. And the White Walkers are supposedly not able to, like, pass through the wall because of magic. Mm. Can they pass through the wall if Bran goes south of the wall? And I think that, you know, you got to imagine that the White Walkers get past the wall. I've been a proponent of the wall has to come down. Uh, but I think that Bran could accidentally be the key to the White Walkers now being able to go south if Bran's able to survive long enough to go south. Makes a lot of sense, especially with the whole Bran the Builder situation, right? Brandon the Builder? Yeah, Brandon right? the Builder, Brandon. It depends yeah. on how formal you want to be with the guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, how yeah, casual yeah. your relationship Yeah, is. yeah, we're very friendly, yeah, yeah. very casual. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe that has something to do with it as well. So do you think that on a sled being led by a 14-year-old girl, you think that can outrun an army of White Walkers even without a GPS brand? So you think they get caught before they get back to the wall? There's a few options. And, you know, people are throwing out their theories. The popular one right now is like, now we finally find out what the hell has been happening to Benjen Stark, who we haven't seen since season one. Right. Uh, has been missing since then. We had like a slight tease of that character in the season five finale. It ended up just yeah. being hard trolling. But you feel like that, that's like the conventional thought that people... I think, I think that's the pervasive thought right now. And I'm kind of on board with it. I mean, somebody has to save Bran right now or he gets caught. Right. And who else How is even north is of the Benjen wall? How is Benjen Stark going to save him? We John Snow couldn't save anybody. He couldn't save home. Yeah, but Benjamin Stark is like a seasoned Stark. You know, he was he was you know the first Ranger of the Night's Watch. Mm. He's a badass. Who knows what he's been doing? There's no roadmap for Benjamin Stark in the books, so I don't know. But you have so to. So he, uh, he vanishes yeah. season one in the books, just same way. Yeah, as, he's gone in the first book, and we don't know where he is. There's yeah. theories about what he might be up to, but unless you uh, you're holding out, you know more than you say. I don't think I don't. I'm not buying Benjamin Stark. Can you can you remind us what the last time we saw Benjamin Stark doing? He left to go north of the he wall. He leaves to go north of the wall. Uh, this is early in season one. Yeah, a couple episodes later, his horse returns without Benjamin Stark. So Jon Snow goes to the wall. Benjamin is there. He's there. They, they, interact. they interact there, yeah. and then he leaves at that point, and that's the last time we see him. Yeah, he goes north. His horse comes back. Benjamin is gone. No one knows. And it could just be that Benjamin just died off screen, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it feels like. I know people hate it or maybe, I don't know, when I say like the Chekhov thing, but that's like Chekhov's Benjamin Stark. Where did he go? That yeah. has to come out of the drawer at some point. Yeah. Feels like now is not a bad time for it to happen. But can you, can you surmise what he could possibly be doing for four seasons north of the Sharpening wall? Sharpening his sword. Yeah. Finding, his finding obsidian, skills. you yeah, know, yeah, things. Yeah. Or he's or just like gathering stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or yeah. he's a prisoner or he, you know, for whatever reason, if the Night King and some people wonder, is the Night King a Stark? If he mm. has some purpose if he has some use for starks uh maybe there's a reason to keep benjamin alive um i think that there's possibilities out there the other big one for me is that he gets caught that Mm brand gets caught by the night king and that's probably very bad for mira reed right i don't know what use they would have out of mira unless it's revenge because she killed a white walker in this episode right they're just going to torture her and that's going to be brutal and terrible no one wants to see that um, do you really feel you like, like Mira torture Reed. though? Because I feel like White Walkers don't really seem like a torture. They seem type. ice cold. Mm. It doesn't yeah. seem like they really care yeah. about. You're that. dead and then move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that those are really the two big ones. Like somebody has to save Bran, or Bran's about to get caught. But yeah. if it's just the two of them, 
hard to see how they're going to outmaneuver. We haven't situation. seen any other abilities where he could like warg into other cre- like. There's uh, what else possibly of his skill set that we've seen so far. What else could he possibly do to get out of the situation? Well, I mean, in? I think that he just demonstrated that his warging abilities are really pretty tops these days you know not only could he warg into his yeah. direwolf he could warg into hodor not only can he you know green sea into the past and everything yeah. but he can warg while he's in the past that seems very <laughs> that seems very strong as an ability goes well could he warg into like a horse and he could, then yeah and then they yeah. ride the horse back to the wall he can, just like wills that horse to go so fast can i right. can i just ask you guys do you think we're ever going to see bran warging into a dragon yeah i think that that's a that's something that people really want to see and you know <laughs> yeah no kidding and, uh, that would be sick the three the three <laughs> the three-eyed raven says to him you'll never walk again but you'll fly Oh, that's wow. a, you know, that's a real promise of this kid's yeah. gonna fly, and it could just be like a bug. Right. That would kind of suck. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or it could be a freaking dragon, and that you're gonna would be, be a awesome. sparrow one day. Yeah, one of nice. the high sparrow. The high yeah. sparrow. Wow. He's ran the high sparrow. Wow. I hope not. Is I love- he warging into the high sparrow? <laughs> from that the would be worse. Oh, oh wow, that would be that sick. wouldn't improve the high sparrow for you. Well, then it was like then you would find out why he's torturing Cersei, right? Like, uh, <laughs> how does that feel? Yeah, wow. It's all because I caught you in the act. This you know, once upon a time that you crippled me, and now I'm torturing you. There yeah. you go. We figured it out, guys. Time travel changes everything on this show. I yes, hope not. Actually. It really does. I hope not. All right. Well, if we're going to do an entire tour of Westeros in this on. podcast, we got to keep moving. Yeah. Let's like re- like Bran and Mira. <laughs> we're going to have to get sledding. a hustle on here. Sled, yeah. Sledding. Yeah. Sled really Downhill fast. as fast as we can away from the White Walkers. What was your take on Jon Snow? Let's go to Castle Black. What was your take on Jon Snow? In the offseason, I assume you must have thought Jon Snow was going to come back somehow. Yeah, of course. I'm a Wiggler devotee. So <laughs> I, I believed okay. you when you said it's coming back. I said, okay, that's got to be the case. So what did you think of how it played out? I, I thought it was great i didn't see of course how it actually unfolded uh, happening i thought that was great uh i i have uh, on rewatches because i've rewatched every season multiple times you know going back through and knowing what we know about melisandre now but because you know that she wasn't right about stannis so all the predictions and the things that you see some of them can have came true with seeing all the kings dead when she threw the leeches into the fire like we have seen some things have come true but other things have been very wrong right like you know and and like why does shireen have to die and like right. why do all these other things have to happen and by the way if i get names slightly wrong please correct me no, Josh, you're good so far okay you're great. uh so you know i just think that uh i don't know it's been it's been interesting i would say what have you felt about this whole john snow situation i really thought about it until we got some feedback this past week that we didn't get to on the feedback show and i apologize that i don't know the name offhand uh, but someone who had written in and said like why did john snow have to die what have we gotten out of it that john snow had to die that we had to go through that whole off season ollie Wondering just so that Ollie can get <laughs> killed. It was yeah. worth, worth it. But, <laughs> yeah, but your narr- least favorite character. Yeah. But narratively, because you and I haven't really talked that through, mm-hmm. is like, why did he have to die? A lot of people thought, you know, there was going to be some sort of supernatural, you know, rebirth to John. Like when he comes back, he's going to be like galvanized. He came well, back and well, he was traumatized. To get out of the out of the Nightwatch. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably if, if we're saying that he hasn't changed that much as a person. The thing that has changed is that he, I, my duty is done. I, right. I was a you know member of the night's watch until my death and then now i'm back and i'm free so i I can go to winterfell so it's just a shortcut to ending his term at the night's watch yeah yeah i I guess it was like a loophole Loophole. in his contract because stannis had offered him to go back and become lord lord he turned it down and he turned it down so if that's not going to be enough then what else is going to do it it's gonna take literally death i guess yeah you know. So Jon Snow, he's no longer part of the Night's Watch. Night's Watch seems very cool about this. Like no one seems to be really angry at Jon. But there's really no like there's really no like authority. It seems yeah, like no boss. Ed's like, in charge. 
Yeah, that's yeah. John's friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no higher authority, it seems like. You don't think that Ed, at any point, is just, like, thinking to himself, like, you jerk. You get to leave? <laughs> Can I go? I feel like that Ed is, has nowhere else to go. I think he wants to stay. Yeah. You don't think that John being able to do this, you don't think that there's going to be an increase in deserters that are like, well, if John can go, why can't I go? Yeah, all you have to do is be resurrected from yeah. the dead and you can leave. Well, if Ed starts chopping people's heads off for deserting. Yeah. This yeah. would be a great business model for Melisandre right now. She could make bank. There would be a lot of people in the Night's Watch right now <laughs> mm-hmm. who would be eager to die with a guarantee of resurrection and then their Night's Watch contract is void. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been I think it's been interesting. I think, you know, obviously it's going to change his character to some extent. It's, he's going to go back to Winterfell. I I predict go back to Winterfell, somehow retake, you know, retake Winterfell. I think Knights of the Vale have to come into play here yeah. to some extent and they're going to just somehow take it over. Uh we lose the Boltons and uh, then face the White Walkers, right? Somehow that's going to have to be how this ends up going. The odds are really against the Boltons right now. Yeah. It feels like. I mean, they say that they have loyalty from people in the north and they've got the Umbers and the Car Starks and stuff, but John's a Stark. You know, he has that. If if he wants to play that card, if he can rally some of these northern houses, that's great. Even if he can't, he's got a lot of wildlings who are fierce. Uh, they have the Knights of the Vale that are nearby. If Brienne can bring some River Run people up, it seems like there are enough forces against the Boltons that they should be pretty screwed here. Do you, don't you feel, though, it's probably a pretty short occupation of Winterfell? Because if the wall is falling to the White Walkers, Winterfell is not that far down. I mean, I'm not like a geography expert, but it's not that far it's away. Close. Yeah, it's only like a day or so away, it seems like, in time, from travel, right? So For Littlefinger, it's about three minutes. For Littlefinger, yeah. yeah he gets <laughs> it's there like pretty a five-minute hop. Yeah. Quick. So you think that if the Starks take back Winterfell, it's for five seconds, and then now we got to deal with the. They got to either move south or something, you know. Like at some point, we're going to have to. Like I, I wonder in the when this all starts to come together, when are we going to see Daenerys hit uh, Westeros and have the White Walkers come down to the to the to the Wall? At some point, it's going to be very interesting to see how that all comes together because you know the fight for you know uh, it's going to be interesting to see what yeah. fight happens at which time and how that all kind of plays out. Yeah. How does that ultimately look to you? Like when we get to that point where those stories collide, where John and Danny have to be occupying the same space, you got to imagine, is there some sort of, you know, front line that they're on where they are doing battle against the White Walkers? Is Winterfell HQ at that point? So is your question, is John and Danny ever on the screen together? Yeah. I will say yes. It'd be a shock if they never crossed nice. paths. Yes. Yeah. Lots of people ship John and Danny, and they've never even had a scene together. Lots of people want to see that. I'm not shipping that. You're not shipping that. No. You prefer Dario. I don't know if I prefer Dario. I mean, are you asking for me personally or for Daenerys? I don't know. You take your pick. I mean, uh, Dario, I've always felt like was overrated. Uh Uh-huh. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's gonna be Jorah? No, it's not no. gonna be Jorah. No, no. no. definitely not. It won't no. be. Jorah. It won't be Jorah. He'll always you, be a bridesmaid. Do you think? Do you think that John and Danny will appear together? You think that that's where we're gonna go? Appear together for sure. Yeah. Do you think that we're ever gonna see Danny get married in Game of Thrones? Like truly married? And if that's the case, would it be a would it be a Stark? Doesn't somehow? seem like something she's super interested in. Right? Doesn't really seem like something very. You know, I don't think that she sure. really cares about that so much. Uh, so I I don't know if that's where it's gonna go. But you do have to imagine that Danny and the dragons get to Westeros. Otherwise, why? Have yeah. we been doing this for as long as we have? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that they get there. I think my prediction, and based on the way that the season has been pacing out, uh, and we're hopping around a little bit here, is you know the Marine storyline is 
at a place right now where it's great that Danny is on her way back there and we're halfway into the season. Yeah. Could have been worse. It could have been mm-hmm. she didn't burn down the temple until episode eight. Right. And right. that would have really sucked. Yeah. I think that right now we're pacing for Danny to leave for Westeros at the end of the season. Yeah. But which is best case scenario. I you think. know, Daenerys doesn't even know that White Walkers are a thing, right? Yeah. It doesn't no. seem like it. Right. So she's got like this whole plan and she doesn't even know about this other thing. Sure. But Tyrion, who is handling, you know, he's running it in Meereen right now. Mm-hmm. Does he know? Well, he just made an alliance with the Red Priests. Right, and they know. And they, they you know, they know, Melisandre has been talking about the, the long night to come. Right. and The, the great, great war to come. The, the, right? You know, the great other and all of these things. And she has, you know, her sights set on, you know, the, the conflict above the wall. Um, I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that they know something that they could feed to Danny, and Danny's like, okay, maybe I should go take care of that. The way that Stannis was like, oh, so the real war is up there. Let's go do that, and then we win over the hearts of people. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this: How did they cure Shireen's? Uh, what's the name Ray of the Scale. Scale. How did they cure that? I don't really remember the spe- the specifics of it. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember Stannis having that great moment with her when they were alone one-on-one and she was like a little bit skittish and he was like, you're my daughter. Yeah. I, I found every doctor. I went to every, you know, CVS pharmacy to look for what I needed right. for you. Like somehow we found what we needed. Like, you know, but I don't remember exactly what they actually, what was the, how did it actually happen? Yeah, I don't remember the mechanics of it, but I do remember like we did everything. It was extremely rare though, right? To have it cured. But right. it was Melisandre, right? I don't know if it was Melisandre no, or if it was earlier than her. I think it was pre-Melisandre, I believe. So how how does Jorah follow the command of the the Khaleesi here and end up getting himself cured? It would have been great if Stannis was still around and he could have sailed to Westeros and talked to that guy. Like, yeah. So how did you do that? A consultation, yeah, please. How yeah. did you how did you fix your daughter up? Like do you think do you think that Jorah has to go all the way back to Westeros to somehow find this and, and get healed? Like where's the big healing center? Where where's the Mayo Clinic of yeah. <laughs> of the, the world that we're living in here? I don't know. I don't know what Jorah's next move is. I was surprised that it was even offered up as a possibility on the show. Yeah, go get yourself cleaned up. Come find me. Let's take this on together. Right. I really thought, as Rob and I, we've been talking a lot about Jorah's probably got to make some sort of sacrifice play. Uh, you know, some sort of suicide play where right. he's a lost cause and he just throws himself on the grenade. Right. The um, uh, what was the name of Brand's direwolf? Summer. Summer. Uh, the summer play. Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. Summer. I'm holding. I'm holding off for Nymeria returning back. Okay. I Somehow in the cool. wild. Yeah. I it's gonna happen. Be, I think that'd be cool. But yeah. I think you know we kind of thought like Jorah would just sort of throw himself into something. I think that that's still on the table. But this whole search for you know this the search for Spock. You know, this whole like <laughs> search for Spock was more like that Jon Snow is dead. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, who's Christopher Lloyd in this equation? Can I, uh, can I ask you a, a more kind Ollie. of like <laughs> Ollie, Christopher Lloyd is Ollie. Do you, do you think that we're going to end like in the last season? Let's imagine the last six episodes of Game of Thrones. Do you imagine we're going to spend more than 10% of our time outside of Westeros? Are we going to be in Bravos and Marine and Karth? I feel like. Like that content to me is kind of just like like is Arya gonna really stay on that continent for the rest of her time? I can't really see that happening. Don't you think most of the characters are gonna return to Westeros? Yeah. What do you think? What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I think that the action is going to start to come and and get closer to whether it's in King's Landing or whether it's in the the North or that the White Walker menace has progressed to the point that it's reached King's Landing 
maybe that's the point where everyone in between is dead at that point. Yeah, everyone just gets on a like boat and goes off to the north. They're toast <laughs> if that if that happens, mm. unless they're fast as Littlefinger and they just like ran south. <laughs> yeah, go to yeah. Dorne quickly. Yeah, yeah. Look, we might have to start over, Josh. We just have like a new cast. We do a time jump. No, it's the end of the show. Oh, that's it. They're all just that was dead. sort of like the climactic battle. Uh-huh. Is that King's Landing? That'd be cool. I, I mean, th- yeah. yeah, I th- I think. I think that, you know, one of the things that uh, that George R. R. Martin has said is that for him, you know, the story is a lot about uh, everybody starts kind of in the same place. Right. Uh, you know, you've got the Lannisters come to Winterfell. Yep. Uh, Theon is there. All the kids are there. Everybody is there. And their stories go out. They expand out. And so far, the vast majority of them have not come back together. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's an expectation that the story will constrict and right. that pieces will start to rejoin whichever ones are still on the board. Right, right. Um, and I think that, you know, this is a story about Westeros. It's not a story about the entire world. Right. Uh, other aspects of that world have an impact on what's going on in Westeros. But I think the final ground is going to be Westeros. And by the time that we're there, if Arya is still alive, I don't think she's in Braavos. I think that she's somehow in the Seven Kingdoms. Do you, do you think that there is some way that, uh, and again, I'm not as deep into the lore as you are, but somehow I feel like, is there any way that like old Valyria, which is the home of the dragons, the Valyrian steel, all mm-hmm. the old magics that have been lost, do you think that home that... Of the Faceless Men, too. We found out this week, they talked a bit about how that's where we got they started. They were all the slaves, right? Yeah. Yes. So do you think that there is some chance that that has some play and impact on the greater war uh, to come in Westeros? Yeah, the, you know, the books are called A Song of Ice and Fire. And, right. you know, there's the there's a lot of ways you could slice that. It's like the Starks are ice, the Targaryens are fire. Right. There's White Walkers in the north. There's dragons in the east. Um, and I think that there's definitely a thought that the dragon aspect of it, which might not be the great antagonist, but could be the solution to whatever icy monster is coming our way, has to come into play in terms of solving that problem. And if they were born in Valyria, if that's where they have roots, it would be cool if we saw more about that and found sure. out more about the origin and that could, you know, be folded into Maybe it. through Bran. Yeah. Maybe Bran can take us there. Bran can tell us everything. That's why he's the best character in the show right now. <laughs> you think we'll sure. see him in episode six? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I think so. I think that that story is too hot. I think it's, uh, it's the kind of thing where, like, with Castle Black this season, when we started, the way that they left it in season five, you really can't spend you know more than a day before Jon Snow comes back to life like you really have to tell that story pretty immediately like the immediate aftermath of that Bran and Mira are on their own being pursued by White Walkers in a situation where they should be captured in five minutes Mm -hmm. so I think we have to see that five minutes yeah but you kind of feel like they have to get away because otherwise if they don't get away just to go back to the north first yeah if they don't get away, then hold the door was utterly meaningless. So right. the whole Hodor that he lived his whole entire life and for 40 some odd years, all he could say was Hodor, which was because of Bran and hold the door. If that turned out to be that it was just so that they would get five minutes away and then get captured by the Night's King anyway, then that would be very tragic. Captured and killed or just captured? Well, captured in anything, I guess. But well, why couldn't he just get captured? Like, why did Hodor have to hold the door if he was just going to get captured in the tree? Well, I don't know why he had to do it, but I think the lesson that gets learned mm-hmm. from Bran meddling with time uh, by freelancing by going off on his own. Right, and- so you feel like that the 
it's not the uh, destination, it's the journey I think, to that point. I think, you know, the journey of losing Hodor and being responsible for creating Hodor the way that he was because he was reckless with his powers. He didn't understand them fully and he went off, he went off book, he went off script. I think that the lesson he learns, I interviewed Isaac Hempstead right this week yes. and the thing that he said was like, Bran has an atom bomb with him right now. You know, he has this kind of nuclear power level from, you know, these skills that he's learned from the Three-Eyed Raven, and he currently has no oversight. And he's kind of just been, like, waving around this nuclear bomb like it's a toy. And now the lesson, hopefully, from this situation of losing Hodor, creating Hodor, is I got to be real careful. I can't play around. I'm not a kid anymore. I have to grow up really fast. Do you think we're going to get echoes of, like, the Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, Bran, do this? <laughs> Only like, if it's Hodor. Like, Hodi, I don't know. Hodi-Wan Kenobi. Hodi-Wan Kenobi. That would be fun. I, I feel like that could be with the Three-Eyed Raven. Like, I think that we could still hear echoes of him. Right, because otherwise you have to think, like, what do you just got to piece it together himself. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I mean, Can obviously. Can go back in time to go talk to when the Three-Eyed Raven was Yeah, maybe. Alive? Yeah, maybe. Like, oh, I'm gonna die. Oh, that sucks. All right. Well, let me tell you some stuff now. Now that I know that I'm gonna die. Yeah. Wait. What do you mean I'm gonna die? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Do Your you, kids, the three eyed raven. Do you think the three eyed raven knows that that's all gonna happen? We like, talked about that uh, this week. Is, it would seem like he has to. Yeah. I mean that, that he, if he knows everything, but he doesn't know that this is gonna happen. Then he knows nothing. Right. He's not Jon Snow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It seems like he knows something. Right? Or is he? And yeah. it's Jon Snow in the future who's been <laughs> taken back in time by Bran. Wow. And plugged into a tree. <laughs> and he's just been charging for a thousand years. Yeah. Whoa. Please no. Please no. That, Please I mean, no. now, like, when we start to talk about time travel, these are the things that we. Yeah, you, like, open, gets, you open the door it gets here. Messy yeah. Real quick. I yeah. know. That is the concern. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like everything was time travel. I, I hope that, you know, there's the theory about the Mad King is created by Bran interfering and like driving him Why? slowly Why? mad. Why would he do that? I just hope that's not right. <laughs> Is there a wheel in the tree somewhere yeah, that you pull a wheel right. and somehow yeah. you move the, the tree? The frozen donkey weirwood tree. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that's where we're going. Okay, yeah. Um, where do you want to hop to next? What's, well, a, what's another story? Let's talk King's Landing. Yeah, let's talk through that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, where we've touched only in that uh, Jason says it's been the worst story of the season. I just, I just find that there's no chance that on the structure of how governments work throughout the history of time and everything that you could ever have something like this happen. You have a religious faction armed. They would just be killed. Yeah. Sorry. See you later. Like the whole thing I find a little far-fetched. You captured the queen because she's being a sinner. No way. There is, to me, I find that to be the most far-fetched storyline that somewhere, some way, some way, someone how would, would just come in and just kill them all and that would be the end and of this, this show. Story. Has time travel now, right? So <laughs> I believe that fine. Yeah. But the yes. fact that like all the rich families that are involved, you know, uh, that that Marjorie's family doesn't somehow just kill everybody, and uh, well, I, I, that could be where we're going. Well, could, yes, that, yeah, I can see that happening now. But, see, I think that one of yeah. the things, and, I, and I've had this same sort of grievance with it, but I think that one of the things that the show has done a bad job of explaining is why couldn't the Lannister army just do this themselves why couldn't they storm the castle and go ahead and you know free cersei i think that a you know 
a big piece of it is I think that the Lannisters are are weaker than we've seen them in a while. Right. Um, you know, they're they've been spread thin, they've been fighting a lot of wars, so just in terms of resources, it's not what it once was. Remember Tywin's army when when Tyrion comes back upon it with his band of you know, I guess they were like, you know, brutes just yeah, randomly. Like the wild people. That was a yeah, big camp. Clansmen. Like I remember that scene, you know. I mean, what happened to those guys? Yeah, I think that they fought a lot of wars and you remember, you know, when Rob Star Rob Stark had to be taken out the way that he was taken out in a really, really dirty, underhanded way. Yeah. He was kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they captured Jamie Lannister at one point. They really right. did a number on the Lannisters, and I don't know that they ever completely bounced Man, back. It all comes back to Catelyn letting letting Jamie go. Bad call. Bad call. Bad call. All for nothing. A lot of bad calls when it comes to Catelyn Stark. So I think that, you know, the Lannisters are a little weaker than they've been in the past. They're not, you know, quite as deep pockets as they've been. The crown is in debt. That's been established that they're in debt to the Iron Bank of Bravos. So yep. just in terms of that power, I think also they don't have the people's hearts. I think that no, there was really not a ton of love lost for Joffrey. Um, I don't think that they love, I think that they love the Tyrells. I think that the people are fans of the Tyrells. So maybe it's a little surprising that everyone seems to be totally cool with Marjorie being on lockdown, but I don't think it's a surprise that no one really gives much of a crap when Cersei Lannister is getting marched through the streets. I think people are excited about that. Mm. And I think in terms of the power, there's a lot more of the little guy than there is of the, bi- of the big guy right now. Yeah, there's a lot of little... Maybe that's how he gets around so fast. It's clones. There's oh. a lot of little finger clones. He just oh. has them everywhere all over the Seven Kingdoms. You mentioned the Iron Bank in that whole conversation. And obviously, they didn't they support Stannis when uh, when they all went over there? They made the whole thing. Stannis was their champion. That was a bad bet, right? Bad right. Bet. That was a bad yeah. bet. <laughs> How, how does they that clearly mean? didn't read the book? Yeah. How how does that? I mean, I don't know if you know the regulatory guidelines of the Iron Bank of Bravos off the top of your head. Well. <laughs> yeah. But how does that impact the money that they're owed by the Lannisters? I don't know. I think that that's probably. I don't know. I don't know how that's ultimately going to be. We're going to see a lawsuit in Game of Thrones. Are we, are we not? Get Maester Mazzaro on the line. <laughs> does the Iron Bank of Bravos factor into anything again? Going I think forward? that it, I think that it does in the books, but I I don't know that it does on the show. Sort of how. I'm not sure if they're going to go back to Dorne at this point. You know, like we've been away we from Dorne in for the season premiere. A lot of Dorne, a lot of like Dorne, that, but it's they, been, they, that's not yeah. going to be in there for nothing. And it's been four episodes since. I think that we probably will. I think it's a lot likelier that we go back to Dorne than we go to the Iron Bank of Bravos again. I don't really know how you tie all of that. It seems in. like you know, Dorne is coming yeah. to King's Landing. Yeah, maybe that's why we're just not seeing them is that some of their forces are coming forward. Um, but I think in terms of how the high sparrow has power. It's that no one really likes the existing power structure. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever Danny comes in or whoever comes in, people are going to be pretty okay with, you know, regime change, changing it up. Yeah. Um, and I think that you look at most of these scenes in King's landing when you're not in the red keep or in like some of those like beautiful floral gardens, Mm. uh, you're looking at people like peeing in the alleyway or like flinging feces at someone (laughs) doing something really, you know, gross or like people who are starving and are dirty and there's no middle class in, uh, and we've seen riots before in the show. Like that one time when the hound like cut a dude in half and it was great. Uh, like yeah. I feel like we've it's been building that there's like this big social you know class clash because we won't take a big turnout. I just want to ask you this question as a fan: Do you think the hound is dead? Um, I don't. I think I think that they're setting up a, a hound return. I love that. I yeah. think the hound is one of my favorite characters. I think, so. I think that I would I would be I would be unsurprised if the hound returned at some point. Okay, I think that would be really sweet. Nice. Because a lot of people want to see the Clegane Bull. Sure. <laughs> they want to see they want to see Zombie Mountain and Zombie Hound going at it. 
Uh, and I think that that would be really cool. I think Arya and the Hound together was my probably my one of my favorite pairings. It was great. We were really loving Game of Thrones when that was going on. Yeah, yeah. season four. That, that was, was really great. fantastic. For that, sure. That was very good. Yeah. But I think that they got to cut that High Sparrow situation pretty soon uh, just because it's it seems like it's at a boiling point. And also, I think it is losing people a little bit. Man, Marjorie and Loris have been in cells for like, it feels Forever. like seven seasons. Yeah, long, <laughs> it feels like it's been a long, like a long time. time. I mean, it's been since early in season six, or in season five, and then until now. So it's been a, a full year. It's been about show. a 10 episode yeah. spread off the top of my head. Yeah, right. that's a long time to be in a prison cell. We haven't seen anybody else in that, in that situation for a long time. Yeah, I, mean, I can't even like remember. Like Jamie from the end of season one to the end of season two. That was a long stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he got out, so hopefully these guys get out. Yeah, or at least everybody dies, and that's interesting too. <laughs> that's the end of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so. But then at that point, doesn't it seem like if everybody dies, that you, the high sparrow included? Yeah, hopefully that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this question: well. Do you think we're going to have King Tom in the end of the season? Ooh, end of the season, end of the series. I would say definitely no. Yeah. Um, end of the season. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine King Tommen is the one that saves the day riding the dragons against you know the, the White Walkers? Put, put the right people beside him and I don't think he'd be so bad. Seems like a solid guy. You know, a Sir Pounds for Every Home would be a yeah. great platform, <laughs> but I just, I think that uh, he's surrounded by some real dips. You know, I think that he's got people who are whispering in his ear that are just not great and just don't have his best interest at heart. Yeah. Uh, and I think eventually not only, you know, does that make for a bad situation for Tommen as a leader, but I think it also creates a combustible enough situation where that guy can't last on the throne. Sure. Uh, and I think also just the Lannisters being in power forever doesn't seem like that's the, the spirit of the Tough story. Tough to be a king when you're 13 years old, I would imagine. Never Hard mind king. in Westeros. Tough, <laughs> tough king. So if I had to take a bet by the end of the season, I think that things are combustible enough in King's Landing that you could see him falling off. For sure. Uh, but I think definitely by the end of the show, he's done. Yeah. Makes and it's sense. probably not clean. But then at that point, what was the point of the High Sparrow? I think, and I've said this to you, I, I think that um, I, I think that King's Landing, I mean, there's lots of different types of threats on Game of Thrones. And the obvious big one is that, you know, while everybody's being petty and having all this infighting going on, the real threat is this monster people, you know, these monster people who are coming from beyond the wall to take over and destroy everything. Okay. Uh, that's like the big top threat on the board, I think. But that infighting also deals damage. And I think that King's Landing, if King's Landing were to tear itself apart and the High Sparrows call for change and, you know, trying to really completely overhaul the system, if that results in the people who are existing in power, destroying those people, getting destroyed themselves, and then the capital of Westeros is basically useless by the time that this White Walker conflict is happening, that kind of sucks. And that sort of facilitates the need for the power structure to be changed the way that Daenerys Targaryen talks mm, about to break okay. the wheel. So, so it'd saying, be a wheel breaker. Yeah. Mm. You're saying that basically this is just going to be a system destroyer. Yeah. And that there'll be some sort of new utopia created in the fallout. Uh, and with utopia is getting drivers. renewed. Yeah. <laughs> utopia is coming. This is Utopia. <laughs> Westopia. Yeah. Yeah, right. Rebrand it. Westopia. <laughs> Seems like a, a very pie in the sky ending. Well, I don't know that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a utopia in the end. I don't know that that's necessarily what it's going to be. I think that it could end with questions about what it's going to be. Like you, you say that it's the capital, which obviously it is. But in a day and age like that, it doesn't really seem like like when crisis comes to Westeros, right. the White Walkers are over the wall. The wall is down. Whatever is happening is happening. What is what is the next like? Like I don't really see King's Landing saying, "Okay, let's call together all the main houses and put together a, a, an army and make right. this whole thing happen." Seems like, like things will happen fast. It seems 
seems like there will be a wave of a tsunami right. and there will not be enough time to get anything together. You would think that they could move at least as fast as Little Vigor. Yeah, <laughs> you would hope so, but maybe not. Yeah. yeah. I think I think what it would more be rather than, you know, um like we took our cues from King's Landing. Now what do we do? Like I don't know that it would be that, but yeah. I think it would be the example of you guys just tore apart your human civilization's capital. Yeah. Um and it's just it's like the it's probably the juiciest example of you guys tearing each other apart in a really ultimately very stupid and meaningless way while this terrible thing is coming your way and now you're completely unprepared let for it. So ask, I think it's more an example. Than let that. me ask you this, this question. Do you think that by the end of this season, we see White Walkers down to King's Landing? I think that by the No, by, to King's Landing, no, I don't. But okay. I, you seem like you're out on that in general. Um, I feel like it probably gets beaten they, up. They don't get past Winterfell. Either. I don't think they get past... I think they could get past... Yeah, I, I feel like the battle is probably in the north. Okay. I think ultimately... They get past the wall, but not past Winterfell. And I would say that I would not be surprised if they got past the wall this season. Okay. I think, but I think that would be like the final shot of the season right, is the, White Walkers. the Night King yeah. in like, like the, the, the most chill guy on the planet just like <laughs> strolling, strutting through you know, the yeah. gate and the wall and just being like, yeah, we're here. What's up? Right. Like, I think yeah. that that could be where we're going. That would make a lot of sense yeah. for sure. Do you think we're ever going to see the White Walkers at the, the gates of King's Landing? I don't Will think so. Will the Night's King sit on the Iron Throne? That would be a terrible thing. <laughs> wow. That'd be awful. Everybody just has to flee to, uh, to, to Marine. It would seem like a very petty thing for him to want. Like, yeah. oh, finally, power. Yeah, <laughs> this is all that I wanted ever. Yeah. Yes. I heard yes. you guys have a really cool chair here. I just <laughs> wanted to see it and sit on it. Uh, I don't. I, not as big as I thought. I, I think that people are going north. Do you I, think... I think the story started in Winterfell, and I think it ends there. Do you think that the Night's King has any motivation beyond just killing all the humans? Is there is there some deeper anything? Is well, there some I, deeper motive? I think that we saw the you know we saw their origin story in this past episode, which was very illuminating. And I know Stephen Fishback didn't like it very much. Yeah, but like, aren't the people who are south of the wall? We are the descendants of the Andals. Right. We also hate the children of the forest. Right. We are of the same mind. But now they've got no one to punch if that's the case because yeah. all the children of the forest are dead. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's, you know, it causes you to consider some new things that the White Walkers weren't just naturally White Walkers. They were people once. Right. Uh, a long time ago, obviously, but they used to be humans. Um, and we joked about this a little bit, but maybe there's something to the idea that they're like self-loathing White Walkers. Mm. Do they not want to be that way anymore? Or if they are just stuck this way, do they want to just be the power species because they fought humans and children of the forest alike? Right. Um, like, are they a plague or are they like a self-thinking sort of motivated or at least at the top level, at least directed in some way I think the for dudes a cause? That, I think the dudes that we've seen get shattered, you know, by Valyrian steel and dragon glass and stuff like that. I feel like those those guys have personalities. Right. They don't like really sing, you know, it's right. not like super, you know, complex personalities that you like want to go grab like a, a, beer or something, a horn yeah. of ale with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but some, I, some shepherd's pie yeah, or the I, dire wolf uh, <laughs> bread or something. Yeah. I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you want to chill out with the white walkers, but I think that they probably have their motivations and they probably have their idea of what they'll do once they can kind of kick back. And they relax. talk amongst themselves a little bit. You think they probably don't want to kill everybody they probably want to like do terrible things to people that doesn't just involve death they probably want to be in charge much like daenerys targaryen wants to break the wheel these guys want to break the wheel too right which is very like different ideas of what happens once that wheel is broken interesting yeah
Is there any place else that we haven't touched on? Anything that you would like to discuss, Jason? I feel like we have to talk about Bravos. Okay, let's we talk have about to. it. We have okay. to. I don't care about Dorn. Sure. I don't really care about Theon. Like, he's on a boat, you know, whatever. You're, you're out on the Iron Islands. You're not feeling the Iron Islands. Uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed it. It was fine, but I really don't care. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I. Do you I, think Theon and Yara are going to team up with Daenerys Targaryen? I can definitely see a Yara and Danny combo. Like you said, I thought it was great that, yeah, I could definitely see those two working together. Yeah. And she really could use like a military commander. Yeah. Like she really doesn't have one. I mean, I guess she has kind of Jorah, but he's not even really there anymore. Right. Ray Worm. Yeah, but I guess, yeah, but you know, he doesn't know how to, how to sail a boat or right. anything like that. They have to still cross an ocean to get so back. I feel like that Danny needs like a Marine captain. Yeah. Right. So to me, who's the admiral of the Navy. How does yes. Danny get from, from where she is to, to where we want her to be? She's got to get on a boat. Who do we know that has boats? Theon and Yara. Right. Or Euron. Right. So one of those two routes, unless someone just comes up and says, oh, I'm a rich merchant with boats you can have. Mm-hmm. Like, unless that happens, which we've seen kind of in Karth before, but right. unless that happens, like, I don't think we're going to... I think that has to has to mm-hmm. work out. So maybe we do see Theon uh, and Yara make their way over to, to Marine just in time or whatever. Yeah. That would be interesting. I, I could see that. I could get behind that. What cool. do you think about that? No, I think so too. That's That's been my take, is I think that those guys... I think that that's why you burn the marine fleet you don't have that anymore yeah now she needs ships ships are coming her way i think right uh and i think that there's plenty of reasons why her and yara certainly would get along and i think that she could get along with theon i think that they could make that work <laughs> can, can i ask you again i feel like this is hard for your answer but what's the sailing time like from the iron islands to marine um i'm talking I, like months we're talking like if it was book time it would take books take like, <laughs> yeah take, a book and a half to get take over there like a full book at least to to do that but i think on the show the iron islands are all the way on the other I side know. of westeros it's they far. have to come down around door right there's Rubel no panama area. canal of westeros yeah. is there feels like it would be far it feels like it would be really difficult to do so yeah i think that they, yeah. they're gonna have to take a trip but i think that just for the pacing of the season I think we're going to do a little travel by map, and I think we'll just kind of like yada yada and get yeah. there. Yeah. By the way, wouldn't they just go across the ocean the other way? Wouldn't they just go west instead of going down and around? And I think east? it's a big world. There's a lot of other stuff that's out there beyond Essos that they would have to cut through. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was, that's actually interesting. Are there more continents than yeah. the two we know of? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, you don't have to read the books, and this isn't just for you, Jason, but for anyone who hasn't read the books. I, I read re- the first book. I yeah. strongly recommend buying The World of Ice and Fire, which is this gigantic coffee book, uh, this coffee mm. table book. Yeah. It's not a book on coffee. Uh, <laughs> it's this gigantic book. It's a hardcover. It's beautiful. It's filled with art. It's told from the perspective of a maester of the Citadel oh, wow. who is chronicling the history of the world, yeah, uh, yeah. of everything that they know, and there's lots of stuff that probably for story reasons they can't reveal, so in those cases, like, uh, you know some ink is like spilled on a passage or like uh, we don't really know how that works but it's all told in story mm. and it explains a lot of the depth of the world and different continents like uh, there's a place called Yiti which is kind of like China oh, uh, uh-huh. there's a Suthrios which is like Africa oh um, wow so, so there's, it- all, there's all sorts of stuff that's probably never ever 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 going to come into play in the proper Game of Thrones, right. but this is why there will absolutely be spinoffs, because there's just so much to do. Oh my god, I mean, if Star Wars is crushing it like they are, there's no way they're gonna be like, alright, Game of Thrones, yeah. we're good. Yeah, like, so, it's gonna keep going. So check all that stuff out, and I think that you can you can read that, and it'll only enrich your enjoyment of the show and the books if you want to go there, and you don't have to have read the books. But let's go to Bravos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about with Bravos? Uh, let's talk about Arya, please, because I feel like I've always loved Arya as a character. I think I've always rooted for her as a character. First question, right off the bat, will she or won't she take the plunge here, kill the actress, and become a full faceless woman. Did well, you like that play? 
I thought it was great. It's a good point. Also, before I say that, was that the first time she learned some of those things? Like when she got the full narrative of what was going on, did she know all that stuff that had happened? Like she obviously was there for the beheading, but once that was over, she was more or less on the road. Like she, I guess there were a couple points she had learned. Well, she knew like that. Uh, I don't know how much she knew about Bobby B. Like Joff, like Joffrey Dunn. Did she know yeah. that that Tyrion and Sansa were married? Um, I don't know if she ever knew that. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, I don't want to kill anybody. I got to see this act two. <laughs> yeah, it's a really compelling show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, uh, but uh, I was gonna say that maybe the play is like further along than we are. But no, but it's, the yeah, play it, can't be further along. Yeah. Well, if Bran's the playwright, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But but we've been talking. What's about the ending this? of the play? Oh, we don't want to know. It, it involves a lot of I don't know some some gross stuff. It was a great play though. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Solid, strong play. Yeah. But you can kind of be the tiebreaker on this, or at least toss in a theory. Yeah. Rob and I've been kind of batting back and forth. Like, what's the test here? Obviously, yeah. there's a test. Uh, is the test that she needs to follow through and kill this actress who's playing Cersei in the play, yeah. who seems to be a good person, and Arya is struggling with the fact that. I've killed ter- you know tons of nasty people, yeah. But I don't want to kill this good person. Um, or is it the flip side, which is like if you resist. can if you can yeah. pull back from killing someone who looks like one of the people who's on your list? I I have to say that I have yet to see anything from the whole faceless storyline, the whole the whole thing where they want you to resist what they're saying. To me, it's got to be that they want her to they want her to kill him. Or killer, it's got to be. That's got to be the test. Is that we want to see if you can follow through on orders, do what we told you to do, right? When have we ever seen where they were like, oh, I hope she doesn't do what we told her to do? It doesn't seem to me like it's one of those sort of tests. I think they actually want to see her pull the trigger, which I think is your side. That's my that's my take. Yeah. You always take Josh's side. As <laughs> well, established at the top sorry. of the hour. Yeah, yes. sorry. I, I just I just feel like that's almost it for just sure seems the case. Like it's such a coincidence that the, she, has, she has three people left on her list to kill, and one of them is go kill the actress who's playing one this person in this play in town. What are the chances? I know. What are the odds? Yeah, yeah. I do think that there is something also to be said about the fact that the faceless men, you know, they haven't been. They they aren't always straightforward, and like you don't always know who you're talking to, and like sure. a Jake and Hagar could be an Arya too. Like you just don't know yeah. which one you're speaking to. Well, at well how many faceless men are there? Yeah, a lot. Is there is there twelve or, or are there a thousand? Like <laughs> who we knows? really don't know. Um, but they've yeah. you know they've certainly played head games before, and there was the whole like let's beat you up every single day that we saw with Arya too coming to wail on Arya. So I right. I think you know it is worth being uh, skeptical of you know not taking any of it. On the face, uh, but I, or the faceless, uh, but but how, I, I do tend to side with you on that. Right? How how do you see the faceless men playing a role in the story to come? Because I'm not really sure how how it all fits together. I don't either. Uh, I really am not sure where it goes. Uh, Which I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think like you got to imagine Arya gets back to Westeros, but is it because she's being sent on a mission there? Does she have to assassinate a high profile person? Right, and it's like her her training at the faceless men is what causes her to be able to do something that's going to tie into the ultimate thing right or does she go rogue and she just learned all these sweet ninja skills and that was the purpose of it right or do the faceless men have their own agenda um do they have their own things that they're after there's a bunch of theories about that that are more born from the books than the show right. the show hasn't really gone there right. uh, and i doubt that it really will there's a couple of opportunities coming up that maybe they could mm. um but for me it's been a little murky as to why you know what it is that they ultimately want to do here on the interesting show. yeah 
Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to end, obviously, but it's been very interesting to me. I don't know. I've always enjoyed that whole sort of situation. You like Jake and Hagar? Yeah, I've always been a Jake and Hagar yeah. fan, man. I mean, I mean, it's always been, I've always loved that whole storyline. So we'll see what happens from there, I guess. But I can't see her staying in Bravos. She's got to leave Bravos at some point. Got to leave. Got to go. Got to leave Bravos. Yeah. I think everyone's got to be on their way back to Westeros by the end of the season. Yeah. Unless it's time. It's game time here. Yeah, I, I can't really see how else, unless this is all going to end with everybody just leaving Westeros because the White Walkers have taken over. Right. Go to Dorne or Essos, <laughs> and, and that's it. I hear Karth is great. Yeah, Best yeah. city on Earth. Greatest city <laughs> yeah. that ever was. Marine, very all, fair. Maybe they need, okay, so White Walkers <laughs> completely take over Westeros. They need to doom Westeros. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Just blow it up. Yeah. Danny takes care of slavery in the East. Yeah. And they just, everybody just comes east. It's migration, the plague yeah. migration. Wow, that's interesting. They just got to yeah. blow up Westeros. They just got to leave. What's so great? It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Dorne is cool, but the people are terrible. Yeah, really. It's beautiful there, but, you know, you can get For, Dornish red. King's Landing yeah. was nice, but it's going downhill. It's going yeah. downhill. The we economy e- has gone to hell. We haven't yeah. even gold. seen Castro right. Rock, so we don't know how cool right. it is. Yeah. Could yeah. be a lot of talk. A lot of gold in, in the West, but they say, even though the mines are dried up, uh, Castro Rock. Yep. Yeah. No more gold mines. So, and Essos is like changing, man. Like they're getting rid of slavery. Yeah. They're starting to become more progressive. Yeah. It's like, a lot of like uh, gentrification going right, on. Right, yeah. There. Yeah, it's starting to become pretty <laughs> hip. Marine, yeah. like, right. I think Hipsteros, that, yeah. I think that's, so. That's what's going to happen. I think that's the way to go. Let's, right. uh, let's quickly, one more thing, if we can talk about... Uh, it's, up, it's yours. It's your time table. I will never stop a Game of Thrones podcast like okay. this, okay? I'm enjoying this way too much. So my question is uh, about like where we see Marine and and Varys, particularly now that he's met, uh, you know the name of the new Red Priestess. Kinvara. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kim Vara. Kim Vara. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's the best player that ever was. <laughs> I mean, obviously, she must be incredibly powerful, and it's great to see another, you know, Melisandre basically too in a whole different continent. How how do, how do you see like that whole play that whole thing playing out? Like like uh, I mean, how is her new role in this going to change Marine, Tyrion, Varys, and that whole crew? Well, she's talking about Danny as the one who was promised. Like that's what she says to Tyrion and Varys, and that's very interesting phrasing because Melisandre yeah. is talking about Jon Snow as the prince who was promised. Right. It was Stannis prior to that. Right. So, you know, there's a, this, the Lord of Light people, like they really are looking for their Messiah. Sure. Uh, and it seems like this one thinks that Danny is that person and Melisandre thinks that Jon is that person. So maybe there's some way of connecting those stories through mm-hmm. the Red Priests. Interesting. Uh, and I mean, I do think that the Red Priests at least They've pro- they're proven to have some power. They've brought people back to life. And it wasn't just Melisandre. It was Thoris of Mir who did that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that there's some proven ability on their side. We're going to see Thoros of Mir again, you think, before the end of the show? Uh, I don't know. I would like to because he's a cool character. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if we need to go back there. Why introduce him if we're not going to see him again? Because like, that introduced the idea that red priests can resurrect people. Also, like relatively, so common, that, relatively common resurrection, too. It was like seven times. And we spent as a bunch. whole season John Snow three like, with them. Unkillable. <laughs> at this point like you right, kill him again but then he's just like back and fight right him. that's true he has to be the most indestructible character at this point well i think that you could destroy him again but you would just bring him right back like i wouldn't be surprised if Jon snow died again but then he's back in the next episode or even in that same episode i could see it i could see like the many deaths of Jon snow wow. oh boy 
Oh boy. It would become a thing. <laughs> it would become a thing. But it might uh-huh. become a thing. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you see uh, River Run playing out with uh, Brienne going down there? Uh, is she going to be greeted warmly? She did swear herself to Catelyn at some point to yeah. serve her. Maybe she says these sort of things. They'll be open to that. How, how are the Tullys, you think, going to react to this whole situation? I have some takes on River Run that I will withhold. Okay, because you have your own because information. Because some stuff from the books. Rob, what I do you think about uh, River Run and how that's going to end up with Brienne? Is she going to make it back? I always feel a little scary that she's left the side of uh, It just Sansa. seems like it's going to be a lot of time eaten up by if she goes down there, they say, "Oh, Brienne, come right in." Oh, okay, great. Oh, the Sansa's in trouble. All right, we'll bring the forces. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. seems like either if on that, the road, men. If that <laughs> That's right, is yeah. the case, I feel like we won't see it. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, if it's not the case, then who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I'd be excited to see the Blackfish. We've mentioned about a uh, hundred times Littlefinger without actually saying what we think he's going to do next. What uh, do you think, if, if you know anything, I don't know, but what do you, what do you think uh, about Littlefinger and what we're going to see him do next? He's yeah, been just... Well, where does he go? Where does Littlefinger... It seems like he's like, uh, I mean, just go back with Sweet Robin. Try to, well, like, she said, like, <laughs> go back to Moat Kaelin, go take the Knights of the Vale and get out of here. You can't imagine that Littlefinger's listening to that. Like, the Knights of the Vale will be like that last-ditch army that comes in and saves the day in that battle at Winterfell. Yeah. He's not taking that order. He's obsessed with Sansa Stark, and beyond that, I think he wants the North, and I don't think he's just going to give up on that dream just because Sansa told him not to, especially if he thinks that saving her in the 11th hour or, you know, resisting her cry to leave and ultimately sticking around to help things, maybe that buys him some points back. You know, sort of like the twisted version of like what Jorah Mormont was hoping to do with. <laughs> yeah, right. Who, who? I feel like I'm doing some quick questions, but I love this. Cool. Well, who do you think is the next Lord of Winterfell or Lady of Winterfell? I, I said this earlier in the week that I think that we're going to see Sansa Stark as the Queen of the North in the end. The Queen of the North. Yeah, I think that's where we're going. Does that mean Rickon has to die? Uh, I guess Rickon would have to die for that to happen. Is it age yeah. in the North, or is it just gender number yeah, one? Yeah, I don't. I think that like Rickon because everyone gender first. Because wouldn't it be Bran then? Yeah, I think. Well, I think well, they that, don't know he's alive. They don't know that Bran's alive. Technically, I think Bran would be the guy. If Jon Snow gets legitimized, then he's the guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that's Jon's direction. I feel like he's too mopey, and I don't think he wants to be a leader uh anymore i think he, wa- he he does it out of duty more than interest yeah he wouldn't want to be king of the north and i think really that would be good at it but i do think that that would probably mean that rickon's got to go rickon is yeah. the only stark he doesn't have a story yeah. i just think that I, I think he might be uh gone and they're, they're gonna kill another right child now. you think in game of thrones this I season so what's one more I mean, at this point, there's been several that we've seen on the stream between Maureen, uh, uh, Shireen, uh, Maureen, yeah, Shireen, yeah. and, uh, you know, we've seen plenty of bunch. children. Ollie, obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it killed, like, a lot of babies in the first episode of season two. Oh, you know, yeah, like, that done awful some, scene in the uh, brothel, right, where they... They've s- done some terrible things, and I feel like killing Rickon is, like, that's not going to be the backbreaker. Unless the way that it happens is really terrible... There's reason to believe that it might be because he's with Ramsey Bolton right now. Do you think yeah. Ramsey Bolton survives this season? No, 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 no. no, no. no I, think we're, we're, I think we're driving towards that guy getting out of here, How? which is going to be kind of a bummer because he's like such a terrible person. It's fun to root against him. But I think the time, who kills him? Um, got to be Jon Snow is got to be the favorite. Yeah, but what would be awesome is if it was Ghost because, <laughs> you know, Jon yeah. Snow gets like the moral victory of killing Ramsey, but you also get the symmetry of Ramsey getting eaten by a dog. Yes. You don't want Sansa? That'd be fun. That'd be good. That'd be great. If Theon was still around, that also would have been awesome. But yeah. that's why I'm not psyched that Theon's not in this story anymore. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a final confrontation. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. Damn. 
Yeah. So much going on. There's a lot. I love it. The life and times of Westeros. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I think that this season has produced a lot of really interesting material so far. It's been fast. It really feels like we're in the end game right now, which is cool. I think that's one of the reasons why this season's been so great. Uh, a couple of other little things that I had in my brain as notes that I wanted to kind of ask you about. We saw the witch prophet uh, tell Cersei that all her children would have uh, would die. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to die young, just that they would die at some point, which is not really that much of a spoiler alert. Like, sure. you know, do you think that we're going to see... You said that Tommen's not going to be on the throne. Does Tommen survive this uh, Game of Thrones chapter? Like, does he survive this, this season and this, this series? Yeah. No. No, you think he's drawing think dead? So. I think I think so. I th- and I think a lot of it's like I think that it, there's a lot of self fulfilling prophecy that goes on in this story. Yeah, and I think a lot of like Cersei's like paranoia to protect the plate. I think that that ultimately becomes the undoing. Like, right. I think that that's what pulls the threads loose, and I think that you know her mad dash to like topple the high sparrow. Somehow there's some blowback that makes this prophecy come true. Interesting. So you believe in the witch's power. I don't know if I believe in the witch's power, but I believe that like what she said will happen. Yeah, like I I don't know if it's because she foresaw it, although maybe Bran told her. Maybe <laughs> Bran saw it. <laughs> yeah, Bran and Maggie are like best friends. Yeah, <laughs> is that yeah. the witch's name? Maggie. Maggie the Frog. Maggie the Frog. Margaret. Wow. Margie. Okay. Depends on how you know casual but the relationship. If we <laughs> are all on the same page that Tommen is not the king at the end of the series, that he has to die. It's not like he's going to retire. No. He's not like ah, I had a good run. <laughs> I, I lost the election to Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah. night. I'm going to go be a vet. So you think yeah. Danny is the mo- most likely the person sitting on the end of, at the throne and the end the Iron Throne is Danny? You think? I don't know that there's going to be a throne. You know, no. you know, that's what I mean. Like, I yeah, don't know yeah. if there's a throne and I don't I don't mean that it becomes Westopia at the end either. I think that it's, you know, I think that it's there. There might be like the White Walkers. Eastopia. Yeah, exactly. I like that better. Uh, I think it's, you know, White Walkers. We beat them. Lots of our favorite people died in the process. Lots of aspects of this civilization have fallen. And I think you could end it there without doing like the fast forward J.K. So, Rowling thing of what does the new society look so like? So basically... That I, I know that you are uh, very into the upcoming summer movie Independence Day. Yes, too. resurgence. So you feel like that the end of Game of Thrones looks like the end of Independence Day one. Yeah, where we, we won the big battle. Yeah. Took down the spaceships. All the landmarks are destroyed. The fat lady did not sing, ultimately. But we did it. <laughs> yeah. We did it. We sang. We're going to build something new up now from this. That would be my bet. Yeah. that's. A, I think that that's where we could go. We did not go quietly into the night. Yeah. Well, that's the question is who gives the Bill Pullman? Who gives the rousing speech? <laughs> I think Jon Snow. Yeah. You got to imagine that's a Peter Dinklage job, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like, you give him like, I mean, he did it with Blackwater before. Like, I feel like you put him on a dragon and like have him like give a great speech. That was an amazing scene, by the way, with the dragons and Tyrion. That, that was, was awesome. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite scenes ever in Game yeah, of Thrones. I mean, he kind of did already give that speech. Yeah. In, in uh, Blackwater in season two. Yeah. He's got a million speeches up. His I guess sleeve. so. You know, just like give give Peter Dinklage all the speeches. He's like Shatner, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, not as many pauses. Yeah. How yeah. how do you imagine that we're going to see? I feel like I should know the name of the biggest dragon that is wild Drogon. and free right now. Yeah, Drogon. How do we see him like just flying along with Danny's uh, fleet? Like, how do you wrangle a dragon? It seems like that? Drogon does what Drogon wants, but ultimately, what Drogon seems to want is line like. Close enough in line with Danny, yeah, 
And I mean, that could be like a lot of people think like, is Bran going to warg into a dragon? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that could tame Drogon. You know, maybe mm. maybe that's one way to do it. It's just like Bran goes inside of Drogon's mind and goes, Drogon, chill out. Listen to your mom. Bad things happen when you don't listen to your parents. Uh, so who knows? Could Danny get to Westeros and then have the White Walker threat reach her? And then it's not like they have to teach the dragons anything. They're like, oh, the bad guys. It's like to bring them to Westeros, right. though. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons probably or at least possibly why it's taking so long to get Danny to Westeros is because like once you have like those three dragons there and if they're full size and they go up against like an army of ice monsters, it's just like, blah, like they just like barf out fire on the White Walkers and it's done. So yeah, it could be that like Danny doesn't get to Westeros. You know, the final episode. Was this the first time we have ever seen the White Walkers encounter fire? And there was that ring of fire outside of the tree or the cave well, when they had thrown the little fire bombs. Was that the first time we've seen the White Walkers come to fire and stop and only the boss White Walkers continued through? Um, in Hard Home, there's, you know, the the building is on fire and there's the one White Walker who's like tooling on Jon Snow. Yeah. And then the fight goes outside, but it starts in the burning building. So they've right. been in fire before. Like, it's not the the ultimate like, oh, fire, we just can't walk I mean, through I it. I feel like the the whites, the, the, they the don't rank like it. and file. They don't I like mean, it. I mean, that's what you got to burn the bodies or they're going to come back. Right, I think right, that's right, right. Sort of like, but like the actual... Uh, White Walker, Knights King type guys, right? Be like, eh, but with those guys, I think it wouldn't just like be like a torch. Like you couldn't just like torch them to death necessarily. Yeah, just like wave the fire around. I don't know fun. that you could necessarily do that. But dragons are Valyrian, and Valyrian steel has shattered them before. Has right. shattered the White Walkers before. So if you get like Valyrian dragon fire on your side, feels like that's gonna work. You feel like that would be enough? At least let's see it. Let's <laughs> test it out. <laughs> let's test it out and see. What test happens. out the theory. Yeah. This was awesome. This is fun. Can I just say, I would love to do this maybe halfway through next season. Yeah. That would be great. Of course, I man. Would love well, halfway through next season might be three episodes <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like five episodes from now. Run it up Reno next year, yeah. probably. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. No, this is great. Really fun getting to talk to you about Game of Thrones. I know you're a nerd for it, so definitely oh my God. nerd Josh out Josh Wiggler, okay. Lost, Walking Dead, we'll make it happen. Anything. Yeah. If anybody out here who's listening to this and wants to see more of your stuff, what's the best place for them to Run go? RunItUp.tv. I stream, I mean, right now I'm off for the summer but i usually stream seven days a week seven hours a day playing poker you can watch me play and uh you know i try to have fun every single day running up that tv which game of thrones character would be the best poker player Ooh, ooh! i gotta say it's gotta be Littlefinger. how can it be anybody but Littlefinger? but he's always smirking that's true but you so can don't you always think he's up to no good but, but you i know guess what? if that's the baseline if you're balanced if you're smirks it's totally fine yeah you're smirking in all cases it's fine whatever I mean, you could say Danny. Maybe she's done okay with herself. Danny's good. Like she thinks that you know she's often underestimated. Yeah. Does she have all the Dothraki under her command now? Seems like it. That's it. She yeah. was just overlooking the, the plains of all the Dothraki. That's squad, it. Squad Thraki. Are we going to see the Dothraki make it to Westeros? Are they going to get on those boats with her and all come to Westeros? Yeah, but they're all going to throw up as they go across the narrow sea, and when they get it's, off, they're, they're going to be, be like really wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that took a lot out of me. I mean, because how much is Translated one dragon from Dothraki? How much is one dragon worth versus like you know a hundred Dothraki? Like you would think that against the White Walkers, uh, you'd rather have three dragons than 
10,000 Dothraki. Yeah, especially because the White Walkers could just like turn them into zombie Dothraki. Right. Every, that's really everyone that you drop everybody. is going to come back up. I, I have I have one last thing that I really wanted to ask you. We've only seen the one baby that was sacrificed uh, early on. I think it was season, season two, season three, that was picked up by one of the the more boss uh, White yeah. Walkers. Season four, Oathkeeper. I know this because it's the episode that gave birth to the Game of Thrones book club. Okay. Recap. Yeah, and I forget the exact process, but there was some amount of like touching and the freezing of the baby the significance have you have you had any more thoughts on to what that means for are they really trying to raise a baby like it's not going to be a, a it's not going to be a warrior like what does that reflect upon now that we've all things that we've learned what what do you think that means in terms of how this is going to impact the show or the white walker culture so to speak well i think that you say that the white walker culture is probably not something that we think about too often we kind of just think about them as murder machines but right we now know that they started off as humans yeah and so if you think about it from their perspective if you think about them as having a somewhat complicated agenda yeah and now that we know that they can turn humans into white walkers themselves right and they're doing that to a baby why aren't they trying to raise that baby why aren't they trying to grow that baby up to be some sort of highly efficient version of themselves and parents and why would yeah they want to they're adopting uh and who's to who's to say that they don't come down you know south of the wall and not just kill everybody but turn some people into them and they get to thrive and they don't have to just be stuck in the snow all the time or they turn everything into winter because they like it (laughs) Um, so i think that that could be the significance is that like they're you know they're not just arming up in terms of like coming up with all of these horrible zombies that are just going to do their every bidding. Yeah. That could be like the lower class of white Walker society, which would kind of mirror the human society in Westeros. Sure. But I think that they could be, you know, looking into building up their own society of, you know, boosting up their, the their ranks. Peeps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was awesome. Hashtag. What do you want? What do you, what do you think? What Westopia, you Eastopia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us which one you prefer. <laughs> River run it up, river run it up, river run it up. I love that. That's good. Yeah. What do you want to do? Uh, Either one is fine. Okay. Did we do river run it up the other day? We did river run it up. So if we already do that one, okay. Let's say Westopia. Sure. That's nice. Okay. That's fun. All right. Just because we have a chance to sing the Utopia theme song (laughs) one more time. This is Westopia. All right. So okay. So Sunday night. If you're listening to this before then, uh, we are going to be. Josh is going to be with Antonio Mazzaro. They're going to be live after the episode at sometime. What? Mid- Probably like 1130-ish, midnight Eastern, somewhere around there. Look for it in the podcast feed by subscribing. Go to postjoerecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. And also, uh, as you are listening to this towards the weekend, Post Your Recaps is nominated for not one but two podcast awards. Woo! Daily voting starts at podcastawards.com. Nice job. Looking forward to reading your comments on postjoerecaps.com. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. <laughs>